Steadfast love, O Lord, extends to the heavens, your faithfulness to the clouds. Your righteousness is like the mighty mountains. Your judgments are like the great deep. You save humans and animals alike, O Lord. How precious is your steadfast love, O God. All people may take refuge in the shadow of your wings. They feast on the abundance of your house. and You give them drink from the river of your delights. For you is the, for with you is the fountain of life. In your light, we see light. Here ends the reading. Room at the table, a great theme. I'm so grateful to be here, thrilled that there's room at this CLU table for me as a new faculty person. Thank you for making room for scooting over at the table and bringing up a chair for me. And thank you, Belle and Scott and Kyle and today's musicians, Eric and Catherine, and musicians and dancers and participants and readers and leaders throughout the semester who have been helping create room at this table for us all um, this fall. Focusing this fall on who's at the table haven't attended as much to who's on the table. What's on the table? Is there food on this table? Food is sort of the point of gathering at a table, usually, in our lives. It's implicit in the theme, you might say. We assume that this table at which there's room has food on it. Where there's food, there's God. And unless we're eating one another, where there's food, there's other species present. So this table where there's room is a sacramental table every time we eat, and it's an interspecies table every time we eat. Not just humans here, but lots of other creatures as well. That's what food is. Jesuit Philippe Rouillard writes, when I nourish myself, I am always eating a being which I have killed or which I have at least prevented from eating. I eat an animal which has been killed for me, my life being preferred to its life. I eat something which would have engendered life or sustained the life of another living being, the egg which contained a life in germ, milk and its derivatives which were meant to assure the growth of a young animal, vegetables and fruit, the grain of wheat which was a seed, Thus, to ensure my life and my survival, I must take or threaten the life of another being. I must induce death. I nourish myself with a life sacrificed for me. It's an interspecies encounter every time we eat. 
In fact, some have pointed out that for many urban Americans today, our food is the most interspecies dimension of our existence. The place we reliably encounter the greatest range of non-human creatures. Where there's food, there's God. And where there's food, there are other creatures feeding us. If we let ourselves truly face this reality, how could we ever eat? If we truly considered in eating any last thing, an egg, the astonishing miracle and mystery of an egg, each one the unformed protein and minerals and nutrients needed to form an entire chick in there. If we truly pondered the miracle of a tomato, each one of its dozens or hundreds of seeds able to spring forth into another whole plant, each seed suspended in fluid and nutrients to germinate it as it falls into the earth, or the staggering mystery of trees bearing fruit, water moving endlessly from the tiniest filament rootlets, and up the tree's trunk and out to its fruit, its leaves, those leaves that eat the sun, in the primal miracle of photosynthetic life itself. If we truly pondered it, how would we ever eat anything for the sheer wonder of it all? Poet Gary Snyder writes, a parsnip in the ground is a marvel of living chemistry, making sugars and flavors from earth, air, and water. And if we eat meat, it, if we eat meat, it is the life, the bounce, the swish of a great alert being with keen ears and lovely eyes, with four square feet and a great beating heart that we eat, let us not deceive ourselves. Those great alert beings with keen ears and lovely eyes, their huge beating hearts, the energy of life that fills our meat, the life, the bounce, the swish of it, do these creatures here not live at the table with us? Do we see them? Do we truly taste them? Do we thank them? They feed us. We consume their lives. The least we can do is weep in awe, right? They are the food. We are the eaters. Or so we think. Four years ago, I spent Advent up at Holden Village, a Lutheran community in the Cascade Wilderness in North Central Washington. One of the most memorable encounters of my time at Holden took place not in the village, but a couple of miles away, on a trail leading up over a pass and down to a lake. I never made it to the lake that December morning, however, because as I walked along the ridge far from the village, awestruck by range after range of mountains that opened up in all directions and captivated by the shock of red mountain ash berries against the snow and rock and evergreens, I suddenly also noticed bear tracks in the snow. 
fresh, since it had snowed that morning, fresh tracks in the snow coming toward me on the trail as I was walking. Their bear maker now between me and the village, far behind me. I noticed my animal senses alert, hairs rising, ears tracking any sound, breath poised, before my brain even registered what I was seeing. Deciding that heading back was the smart move for a hiker alone in the wilderness, near an active bear, I turned and was startled to see my boot prints in the snow now overlapping with the bear's tracks, its claws emerging from my boot. I never did see the bear, but all the way back down the mountain, I was alert, to say the least. For, of course, in this whole biotic reality that is our shared feast on this earth, we are all at the table, and we are all on the table. <laughs> Human alone in the wilderness could well become food, my body nourishing the hunger of another animal that takes intimate pleasure in my flesh, my molecules becoming its molecules, my muscles and bones and organs and tendons feeding many other animals and microbes and plants before the process is done. We are not just the eaters our forks and knives, our decorative tableware. In the larger wild world, we become the food too when our lives are done. Where there's food, there are other creatures, perhaps a bear and me, or a fish and me, or a grape. And where there's eating, this most biologically transformative encounter of our lives, precisely here where there's food, there is God as well. The vast mystery of life given and shed in the ongoing flourishing and life of the world, it's mystery. Christians love the mystery of God deep in the flesh, that sacramental feeding on Jesus' body and blood, permeating real food, real bread, real wine, filling the whole creation. We love that. We dwell less often, perhaps, on the sacramental mystery of God filling our daily food in the sacredness of all those creatures whose lives are given and shed for us, let alone the sacrament that is our own flesh and lives, too, given and shed to feed other creatures and the life of the world now in our vocations and after our death in our bodies. It's all Eucharist, all thanksgiving. Life spilling over from one creature to the next as we feast on the abundance of God's delights. Right here on the plate, that delight of God, the bounce, the swish, the life, the beating heart, the lovely eyes. Together we pray. We give you thanks and praise, O God of creation, for the grandeur of all that you have made, saying, We thank you, God, for the healing waters of creation, 
which bring pleasure and health, purity and life. We thank you, God. For the richness of the good earth that brings forth fruits and flowers, a pleasure to taste and a joy to behold, we thank you, God. For the soaring birds of the air, the crawling creatures on the earth, the gliding fishes in the seas, for all creatures great and small with whom we share this precious web of life, we thank you, God. For the invigorating sunlight of day, the deepening mystery of night, the wonder of the stars, and the call of the unknown in the universe, we thank you, God. From the heedless misuse and dishonoring of the wonders of your hand, good Lord, deliver us. From the squandering, from squandering resources, abusing our companion species, and polluting the habitat which we all share, good Lord, deliver us. From the folly of imagining ourselves free from the fate of your whole creation, good Lord, deliver us. From the courage of, and wisdom to confess how little we have cared for your gifts, strengthen us, O oh God. For the conviction that you have called us to love and restore the earth, strengthen us, O oh God. For the determination to be better stewards, O oh God, give us strength and courage. Amen. Go now to care for this fragile earth. God, grant you the wit and the will to transform the toxic ways which we live, to lead lives of love and care. Amen. <laughs>